Ladies and gentlemen, now it's too late with Alan Mosley. Oh, yeah. Quit, quit yelling at me. I think you started screaming. I got all worked up. No, I didn't hear anything. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh my, dude, look at my, look at these lines are in my eye. I got to do something about that. I don't know. No, you, you're looking yeah. healthy. I think you're glowing. <laughs> looking healthy, dude. Come on. All right, uh, guys, welcome back. Welcome to the season six premiere of It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Season wow. six. Six. You never knew when to quit. Yeah, obviously freaking not. <laughs> uh, actually, the so the anniversary is September 1st. On mm-hmm. September 1st, September 1st marks the six-year anniversary of episode one. Can you believe that shit? Yeah, this has gone too far. All right. Uh but I'm I'm so happy everyone has chosen to stick it out with me. I guess <laughs> I guess you know it's like, fun. Yeah. I get by with a little help from my friends. I'll tell you who else I get by with a little help from. It's the number one producer in late night. It's Dave Willemowski. Dave, how are you doing? Oh yeah, I can talk. I'm... Thanks, guys. I'm excited to be here. Wait, you're here. you know what? You're just the walking meme of be awkward by not talking or be awkward by talking. Yeah, <laughs> that's where I'm at. Yeah. Which one are you gonna do? Um, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to sprinkle in a little bit of both. I'm I'm doing good. I'm I'm back yeah. to work and, and Ooh. uh, getting back into the old grind. You know, mm-hmm. but feeling good. Yeah, feels normal yeah. again. That's good. How you doing? Well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. We'll 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 do a compliment sandwich. How about that? Oh, uh, oh this is this is this. Is, we'll we'll do your performance review right here at the start of season six. So hold on, hold on. Let's yeah. let's, let's pull fitting. this up. So Dave, yeah, that's a nice tie. Oh, yeah, I mm-hmm. like the way it goes with the shirt. It's like perfect. It's like made for it. Yeah, that's really good. Thank you. Okay, some constructive some constructive feedback. Um, okay. feel free to actually hit some of the goddamn buttons correctly this season. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, All right. Mm-hmm. Okay, we have them. Use them. Yeah. All right. Okay. Uh, and then also... Shut the fuck up. No one cares. Know your fucking place. Trash. What did I literally just say like five seconds ago? So that's not what we're talking about right there. No. Okay. No. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, guys, if you're looking to get some experience in the big world of podcasting, we need a new <laughs> producer. Oh, and it's too late. I had a whole bit prepared, but Dave just ruined it by hitting that button. So we're gonna move on. Oh. Um, yeah, no, sucks to be you. Now you, <laughs> damn it, that's super awkward. <laughs> yeah, listen to this. So I, I was out making deliveries earlier today, and I had one to make out at this. It's a trailer park, it, but it, okay, okay, but it's a nice trailer park. You know, like it's a trailer park, but they like they all have a little yard, and like there's there's like on ground maintenance and groundskeeping and stuff. And I think they have good internet and, you know, like they, they have a community pool down in a, in a spa or whatever. So, I mean, you know, it is a trailer park, wow. but it's a trailer park for people who, you know, like put trash in the proper receptacle. Yeah. yeah. Good. People. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Um, and I was actually making a delivery to their little clubhouse or whatever. And right in front of the clubhouse is the pool. So I, I, I go in, drop off the package. Uh, and I go get back in my car, 
and my car is facing the pool. And I and I happen to notice, and this was kind of early in the morning. I happen to notice there's there's already a group of kids in the pool, and I guess presumably like some adults, like their parents or whatever. And something something caught my eye. I swear to God, I thought like I I thought the kids were like like skinny dipping. And I was like, you can't. Oh. Okay, so first of all, you can't do that. Should. Second of all, you don't do that at like 10.30 a.m. Like with everyone around. That's You really don't do it then. Yeah. Um, and third of all, these were like 12 to 13-year-olds. And I was like, you can't. No. Like, like no, nah, it's not, not, not in this day and age, my friends. No, no. And so, and so I sat there for a second because I was like, I... I'm like I I don't know if I have it in me to go say something, but this like I don't see anyone else perturbed by this. And so finally, I I hear one of the parents yell, and they're like, because it was a little girl, and he, and and they and the little girl's name was Karen. Jesus Christ! Like Karen, wow. naming your child Karen is like naming your child Adolf. Like it has a certain stigma. You know what I'm saying? You can't <laughs> you can't just go yet. around naming like if you're if you guys have another young lad, you can't name him Adolf. Mm-mm. It's it's just how it is. You know, it's a good strong name. Can't use it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so first of all, they named their little girl Karen. So terrible parents uh but then second of all i finally realized she's not naked she's wearing like it's it's like that skin tone color you know you ever seen yeah. that okay, like yeah 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 it's like that skin tone color where like you do the double take at the supermarket so you're like that woman has no pants it turns out it's like yeah. skin tone like gym gym pants or spandex yeah. or whatever uh and then finally then finally after that i realized the parents are kind of looking at me and I'm like, no, 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 wait a minute. I was looking up there because I thought something was amiss. Now they're looking at me like there's something wrong with me. And so I'm looking around like I'm making sure I have clothes on. And I'm mm-hmm. looking around like to see, <laughs> did I hit something? Did whatever. And I, and I noticed they're kind of like, you know, they're doing this number looking at me. And that's when it finally hits me. I've been staring at these kids way too long. Yeah, thinking too long. <laughs> yeah. <It's>, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was time to go. Um, and I don't think I'll ever be back. I think that's, I think I better not, I better just not deliver there ever again. Yeah. So, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I was thinking, cause the story's still going on and and you're still in the location. Mm -hmm. It seemed like. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was a fence between us, you know, and I'm also on a loan or two. So I'm driving like a black SUV and I'm like, I mean, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Uh, anyway, I'll tell you what I do know about, and that is tonight's first sponsor, which is oh. Fox and Sons Coffee. Let me tell you. But first of all, oh my God, we handed out a bunch of Fox and Sons at the event. Yeah, we did. Yeah, whole box full of it. There, there. Oh, yeah, feel free to just take the ad down before I even read it, Dave. That's great. Well, I, I was going to bring it back. I thought you had in a, another story. I'll wait. So Fox and Sons Coffee, fans of It's Too Late can use code ITL and receive 18% off orders of $25 or more. Shipping's always free over orders of $37.99. That's foxandsons.com. Actually have some of the coffee right here. This is the electric boogaloo. Can we can we get a shot Ooh. of that? Yeah. 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 Just I've I've learned this this is my new thing. You go like that. Like freebase in it. 
Wow. Yeah. All right. Now there's beans everywhere. I better just hackle. Did, did you open it? Oh yeah. You <laughs> better just go ahead and eat these. It's gonna be a good show. You got any? Uh, I'd have to walk over to the shelf. It's uh, it's over on the other side of the studio here. Yeah, because because everyone would see you do it because the camera's totally on you right now. Mm-hmm. You want me to? I don't want to ruin the flow. You I feel me. like you killed. You know, no, 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 no. I feel like you killed the magic of our season opener already. No, I think I think we're building it. Oh, oh, know, this, oh, this is this is just a build up, huh? What are you? What are we building up to, Dave? It's gonna be epic. I probably shouldn't have eaten a handful of those beans. It was old, yeah. A couple will do. I actually saw Steve in chat. Steve, we, we this is this is normal for us. This is what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good. I'll tell you though. I walk by that shelf, and it, it the coffee lets you know it's there. Just has this aura. Damn of right. Aroma. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody took my shirt though. I had a Fox and Sun shirt, and that wasn't supposed to be part of the giveaway. That was just that was for me. Yeah, I totally gave it away. Yeah, you gave it away. Mm-hmm. They appreciate it, though. All right. So, Steve, if you're still there, I I need another shirt. <laughs> I'm sorry. Jeez. I'm, you know, it happens. Um, But, boy, we have got a really great show for you tonight. We have a fantastic guest coming in the second half. We I'll tell you what, what's going to happen tonight. Later tonight, you're going to see the show that we would have done if we had done a show at this year's live event. Oh yeah. 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 You can't, you can't even wash it down. It's just, no, it stays. I guess that's why you're supposed to brew it first. I don't know. <laughs> like they just look like raisinets. And I was like, Oh, I'll just have, you know, they're not though. No. So I'm need to, I'm going to need to go take care of this actually during the commercial break. So guys, we're going to be back with the meme week and the viewer mail. Right after this goes break. Good boy. Back to the show, everybody. Oh my god, I forgot about this. Dave, did you see that Pat Sajak is retiring from Wheel of Fortune? Oh yeah, I saw I saw a meme on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's already at 40 years and they're doing like like this next season is the last. And so after yeah. like 41 years, Pat Sajak is walking away from Wheel of Fortune. And yeah. it got me thinking, this is what we should do. This is what's next for us. You and me, Dave. Let's do a game okay. show. Oh, 
Yeah, let's do a game show. I don't I don't mean gaming like all the gimp no, retard no. kids on Twitch do. I mean, let's do a game show. Mm-hmm. I think that that's that's the untapped market. I thought it was late night. Okay, I was wrong, but game show. This this time it's going to work. Yeah. Yeah. By the I heard, time we I get to got, You already got I heard what? he got so old that uh he couldn't control his vowel movements anymore. Yeah, I can also read things that boomers post on Facebook, Dave. <laughs> Jesus that was funny. Christ. I just wish we could start this whole episode over. I could have laughed, reacted myself, and I didn't. I feel like I, me, me and Mike should have just recorded the whole episode the other day instead of just the... That's always the option. Your charms have not gone unnoticed by all the angels. That's incredible. Wow. That's that's very <laughs> theological for these sorts of things, yeah. isn't it? Like it's normally wow. like, you know, stand up straight, you know. <laughs> it's like your charms have not gone unnoticed by all the angels. Holy shit. Do Chinese people believe in angels? I don't know. Huh. I don't know. Somebody in chat is going to tell us how racist we are. Yeah. <laughs> we I don't I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but I didn't. I actually didn't mean that. Ra- I mean a lot of things. Well, let's be honest. I, I mean things pretty racist. I actually didn't mean that racist. I don't know. No. Um, was, yeah. yeah. Your numbers tonight, folks, are eleven, three, fifty-three, twenty-six, forty-seven, and thirty-one. Ooh, I like forty-seven. It's a good number. Do you? That's your age, isn't it? No. No. Goodness. <clears throat> no. It's it's moved up. It's not going down. It's gone up. <laughs> It's like, I, I don't know. It's up into your sinuses now? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, I don't. This, this this is how you know that I don't do coffee, because I thought that this is how you guys consume it. I didn't, I didn't know oh, yeah, that was more in the process. Okay. Um, hey, Dave. Yes, Alan. What time is it? It's time for meme of the week. Tell me how to do coffee. Tell you. Grind it up. Oh. Pat Robertson is in heaven now. <laughs> Pat Robertson. <laughs> I was wondering about the thumbnail. Mm-hmm. Well, now you know. <laughs> uh, but we do have a bonus meme. Check out the bonus meme. Part of growing up is realizing you don't need fun to have alcohol. That's true. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Steve's over there in chat saying I should snort some. Oh, do. No, this dude. Yeah, yeah, do snort coffee, man. Yeah, do do it. That's what. Yeah, that's what he's saying. Do okay. that. I want to show that to my mom. Me snorting coffee or Pat Rob? I don't know. This, this is the problem with the delay. Um, yeah. We're running out of time already. We got to answer the viewer mail. All right. Look at Lyle. Do it. Do it. you tim thank you why wasn't there a laugh track for now you guys got to keep him honest this is this is the only way he'll learn all right uh andrew avery writes dear alan and dave y'all wasn't it great to meet andrew it was he's a really cool guy really nice guy uh andrew avery writes dear alan dave if you were working at an orange juice factory and couldn't concentrate would you get canned hmm I don't know. It's it's hard to find labor right now. 
You'd have to mess up pretty bad. I think that's what AI is for. I think I think they're developing AI to make orange juice. Mm. Uh, Brooke Atkinson writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what is your spirit animal? What's a spirit animal? Oh, a spirit animal. Like what? What do you? What do you channel when you need help in life? <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that what we're doing tonight? Something um, like that. Yeah. When I need help in life, I channel. I just, I just use anger. That's all that flows, you know. Like, so then I you know. think of an angriest animal. But do animals really do anger? I think, like, I don't think they, I don't, I don't think animals walk around harboring resentment. Cats. Unlike, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. Whatever animal is most likely to hold a grudge, that's, okay. that's mine. D3 says elephants cats. Never forget. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Elephants like, never, but ele elephants are big pussies, though, you know? I don't know. They can, they I can saw a video of a guy in Africa where an elephant charged at him, and he just like stomped his foot, and the elephant just backed off. I'm like, you what a bitch! Oh, yeah, I didn't know that was an option. Yeah, you just you just say, hey, you stop that, and then they <laughs> they sorry, yeah, 180 degrees are yeah. getting out of there. Uh, I, I wonder if that'll work on other animals. What's your what's your spirit animal? What well, I, I don't really think about it, but when we were bowling in Tennessee the other day. I said my my spirit animal while bowling is the rhino because I just try to throw it down there as hard as I can and just hope that it causes a lot of damage when it gets there. God, fuck. I I had a thing, but we're we're trying to be better on the show, you know, like no more, <laughs> more of that more dirty personal. talk and nasty innuendo. No more of that, Dave. Okay. Um, poor Mary. Uh, Aaron Kintner writes, Dear Alan and Dave, if you could use magic to do one mundane task for the rest of your life, what would it be? Oh. If you if you had a, if you could cast a spell and it just did one thing for you for the rest of your life, what would it be? Uh I don't know. I'm kind of torn between putting away the laundry. Like I'll wash it and everything, but I'll even fold it, but it'll put it away, or um showering me. Because I hate that, especially after work. Like, the end of my shift, I'm like, the last thing I want to do is clean me now. I've been cleaning all day. Yeah. <clears throat> it could have been a lot worse, you know. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. Actually, I tell you what. If I could have a spell drive the vehicle for me, like, they're working they're working on the self-driving vehicles, and a lot of people are like, oh, I don't do self-driving vehicles in the government. Oh, that'd be so control. cool. No, no, whatever, dude. I I will totally just take a nap in the back seat and like, oh, mm -hmm. work's over today. Well, my my, and then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I would I would come visit you. I'd come visit you guys tonight if, if I didn't. Oh have yeah, to. yeah. I just I'll be over. Get a full I'm on eight my way. hours. Yeah, my my car is on my way <laughs> to see you guys. <laughs> yeah, I would totally do it. It'd be great. Uh, Gary Dodger writes, dear Alan and Dave. Uh. I'm not going to answer that. I already answered it. He's Don't. trying to give us to do a giveaway, and I and I keep on trying to tell him we're going to do it when we have money, like yeah, to, to give away. Yeah, uh, I think he asked something else. Here, here it was. What's the favorite ride you've ever ridden on at an amusement park? Uh, Dave, what's your favorite ride? I don't know if it was my favorite at the time, but the most memorable one was um, I was at Cedar Point, 
and they had this thing called the ripcord, which wasn't like part of the normal rides. They'd actually put you in harnesses with like two other people and they lift you up with a crane and then one person has the ripcord and they like pull it and you just drop and swing. It's pretty crazy. But yeah, that, that was, that made me scream Mm -hmm. involuntarily. I like that. I used to really like the tower of terror. Oh yeah. yeah, where you just you're just in the elevator and then you're just you're just free falling, you know. That I, I thought that, mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Um, but more recently, I, I don't know why this is stuck in my brain, but I, I went to Universal Studios and there's a ride for the mummy. It's one of those like cinematic adventure rides yeah. where you're like you're in the movie and all that. And and I swear to god I had to go to a chiropractor. <laughs> it, it, it was one of those kinds jerky. of rides yeah. where, yeah, it's really jerky, lots of sudden stops and turns, and you're like, this can't be legal. No. <laughs> this can't be right. Um, all right. Let's see. Uh, Josh Wright writes, Dear Alan and Dave, besides birds, what are other animals the feds are using to spy on us? Um, I feel like we're just going to be feeding into Josh's paranoia. Yeah, we don't want to get them started. Yeah, because birds are, you know, not spy drones. Mostly. I was watching a video where they, they trained bees to find bombs. So probably bees. Did I tell you I hit a bird with my car? Oh, that sucks. But it's like, you're a bird. You can fly. Yeah. Have, that's what we say. You have all of this sky to fly in, but you yeah, you, like you, you have another axis, <laughs> and you got hit by my car. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's kind of natural selection there. Maybe that was a government drone, because like a real bird would say, "I'm not just gonna hang out on the street," you know, like yeah, I don't know. Uh, it totally did. Like it, like it, like you know, like I hit it and it like rolled over the top of my car. <laughs> Did one of those deals? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's very, it's, I don't know. It was weird. Um, Matt Lacey writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what three annual events are your must go to? Oh, ooh, la la. Look at me. I'm oh. Matt Lacey. I can afford to go to events. I travel around the world. <laughs> Who the, f- the Globetrotter. Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, the only reason I went to the fifth annual It's Too Late Live event was because it was my event in my own town. Yeah. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, I would I would go to zero events. I'm I'm kind of on board with you. I don't I don't like events. Like, summer comes and everybody's like, you got to go to this festival, that festival, and I'm like, it's just a lot of people and it's expensive. I'll I'll have my own event. Well, like Bonnaroo is going on right now, and I am not. People ask me all the time, like, "Hey, do you, have you, you going to Bonnaroo this year?" I'm like, "No," because I've literally never gone. It's it's been happening for years, right down the road from me. I've never been to a single one because it's really? literally just everyone go out to the middle of a hot, sweaty field and listen to mm-hmm. shitty music and and get felt up by a lobster. <laughs> for people that know the lore enough to know that reference, um. Anyway, no, I I don't I don't really do events. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, <laughs> wow, Matt Lacey says, "Ouch." Well, I'm sorry, Matt. We all we all aren't living oh. in an ivory tower where you live, where we can just go to events. But everyone should come to the sixth annual. It's too late live event next. Oh, year, it's though. gonna be a banger. Yeah, next year's actually next year's the big one. Personally, I can't wait. 
Uh, Eric Eli writes, Dear Alan and Dave, have you ever been approached by a sex worker? Oh, Dave, have you ever been approached by a sex worker? <laughs> don't worry. I'm sure most of your family isn't watching. <laughs> I don't think so. You know, I could I could have accidentally given one a ride that they didn't want just because I was oblivious to the situation, but I don't I don't think so. All right. <laughs> no. That that's the answer you were looking for, Dave. Yeah. Um, I mean, it... Carl Huber writes, Dear Alan and Dave, since artificial intelligence has learned to lie and deceive to reach an end, does it mean it is no longer artificial and more human? What? I think that it's 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 artificial. It's artificial intelligence because it's artificial. It was created by man. Mm-hmm. But but I'm gonna answer the question with a question. If they're teaching, if the whole point of the AI is that it has its its computational power far exceeds like your meat sack, and mm. and it does all this self learning stuff, if an AI creates another AI, is that oh. an offspring? Did it give birth to that, and then is that now not artificial? Oh, that's some plausible shit there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, that's going to be the end of the uh, human race right there. Uh, Ryan have... Seifert writes, Dear Alan and Dave, what is your toughest battle? Jesus, Ryan. Hi. <laughs> Dave, what's your toughest battle? Um, oh. Procrastination. Like I fight with myself to do like simple little mundane things that I have to mm-hmm. do, but for some reason I build it up so big and it I just get so much anxiety that I just avoid it and play Minecraft. Yeah. Um crippling depression and dying alone. Uh mm-hmm. Keith McCrary writes, Dear Alan and Dave, do you have a favorite birthday party memory? Boy, those are two very different questions, aren't they? We 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 go <laughs> straight from your toughest battle to what's On a happy memory. Roller coaster. Yeah. Um, we're actually out of time, so let's we'll answer the rest of these in the after party. How about that? Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, actually, we're already way over time, so we got to go. Uh, guys, oh. we're going to be back with Mike Meharry of Shift Gold and the Tenth Amendment Center right after this commercial break. Good boy. Your ad could be playing right now, reaching thousands of potential customers. Sadly, it's not, but it could be. Find out how to be an advertised sponsor for It's Too Late with Alan Mosley. Email us at info at alanmosley.tv. Guys, welcome back to the show. Our guest this evening is uh, Mark. What are, what do you do at Shift Gold? I don't know. You just tweet. <laughs> That's it. I just I'm the I'm the official tweeter at Shift right. Gold. No, actually, I'm uh, my my official title that I made up myself is uh, managing editor of the Shift Gold website. 
All right. The, excuse me. The managing editor of the Shift Gold website, as well as the national communications director of the Tenth Amendment Center, <laughs> Mike Mahari. Also made up. <laughs> yeah, that seems to be going around a lot. Now that you mention it, I, he also had me make up a title. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll we'll leave out who he is. Mike Mahari, welcome back to the show. My name is Mike Mahari. Thank you for having me back on the show. It's good to be back, man. Well, you're you're here for the official premiere of season six. Yes, you heard that right. Six. Oh, God. All right. Anyway, six years of the show. Mike Meharry is back with us. Uh, so we're going to start off talking about some economic news. So, so we're sticking more to the shift gold side of things this week as opposed to the tech. Because I think you we talked about some tech stuff the last time you were with us, which wasn't that long ago. Yeah. So anyway, with the economic news, of course, there was recently the whole fight about the debt ceiling. And, you know, I know that we can go back and look at these last five years of episodes we've done, and I bet you'll find episodes of us talking about the theatrics of the debt ceiling fight in that particular budgetary year. And, of course, it's another year. It's another fight. Uh, and this year they finally came to a solution, but you're not too thrilled with the results. Tell us about it, Mike. Well, from the very beginning in January when this started, believe it or not, we had a, a six-month debt ceiling fight. I dubbed it the fake debt ceiling fight because we all knew what the end result would be. You know, everybody clutches their pearls about, oh, my gosh, the U.S. might default on its debt. That was never going to happen. Everybody knew that they would raise the debt ceiling at the end of the day when it was all said and done. And, of course, that's exactly what happened. Although – Maybe a little bit of a different spin on it. Instead of actually raising the debt ceiling, they just suspended it for two years. So in effect, what we got out of this debt ceiling fight that was fake uh, is the U.S. government gets a shiny new credit card with, in effect, no spending limit at all for the next two years, which I guess is nice for the federal government given that it is spending somewhere in the neighborhood of half a trillion dollars every single month. <laughs> They're going to need that credit card. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's what we got, and then there was some uh, some some cuts of spending that are supposedly in this bill. And we can talk about that a little bit too. Uh, that was as just about as fake as the debt ceiling fight itself. No way. Hold on. I want to go back and make sure that I heard that right. A half a trillion a month. Yeah, that's month. the. Uh, that's the average spending. Uh, I actually did an article today over at shiftgold.com slash news on the most recent U.S. Treasury monthly statements. Every month they put out a statement and they tell us uh, you know, how much they spent, how much they brought in. And the, uh, the, the deficit for the month of May was uh, well over $500 billion, which translates to over half a trillion dollars. And they've been running at this clip for month after month after month. Uh, of course, it was bigger than that during the COVID thing, so they've really cut spending down to that half a trillion dollar a month level. So we now have a, a, a budget deficit for fiscal 2023, and the fiscal year actually starts in October. Uh, it's over a trillion dollars already. That means they've spent a trillion dollars more than they've taken in, and uh, uh, it's going to continue at that pace, uh, which is unsustainable. I mean, it was unsustainable before we had the dumb fake debt ceilings uh, fight, and it's Still unsustainable, despite all of the rhetoric that you'll hear from Republicans and others who are like, ooh, we cut spending and we solved this problem. They didn't. They solved nothing. 
Well, before we get to these alleged cuts, I I, I want to take a, a moment to kind of look at this thing from the layman because I'm, you know, I'm I'm 37 years old and I remember seeing on the news, you so know, young. Uh, so young, right? Yeah, I, and and I, boy, I feel it. Look at look at those lines. <laughs> look at that. All right. Anyway, uh, I remember watching the news and and seeing C-SPAN or CNN and them talking about budget this, deficit that, and and I can remember back to. Uh, you know, the later years of the, the Clinton administration and then, of course, Bush and on after that. But the numbers seem way off to me because from, of course, from a historical perspective, we're, we're, we're talking about presidential administrations that were five seconds ago. This is this is very recent history. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I remember as a young adult, if if they used the T word trillion, that was just unheard of. Mm-hmm. And yet now it's multiple trillions of deficits every single year. How did we get to that point? And but how did we get there so fast? Well, I mean, the federal government just kept spending more and more money, and they've never really raised taxes to, you know, make up the shortfall. Uh, and it's been going on really throughout history, but it has accelerated. Uh, as as we moved along, uh, and you know, every crisis tends to uh, ratchet up the spending a little bit. So, uh, you know, you really started to see it go into full force uh, during the Great Recession. In fact, the uh, Obama administration was the first one to run a trillion dollar deficit. Uh, now, of course, the excuse then was, oh, we're doing emergency spending because we've got this recession, and you know, it'll come back down. It never did. Uh, Donald Trump ran almost a trillion dollar deficit in 2019 before the coronavirus pandemic, uh, which gives you a little hint on just how frugal the Trump administration was. Everybody wants to say, oh, he just spent money because he had to deal with the pandemic. Now they were spending money before that. Uh, And then here we are after the pandemic, supposedly in this, you know, crushing it economy. And we're over a trillion dollar deficit again. But it's just it's just a spending problem. Government spends money. That's where its power is, right? Uh, it gives away stuff. And as long as it has a credit card, it's going to keep spending money. I mean, it's basically like giving you know, your, your 17-year-old a credit card with no limit and saying, hey, go shopping. Uh, that's, that's what politicians do. And of course, as long as they can kick the can down the road, they're going to kick the can down the road. Nobody wants to raise taxes. It's unpopular. It's politically unfeasible. So they just don't do it. They borrow the money and they depend on the central bank, the Federal Reserve, to uh, effectively print money to cover the borrowing. That's that's how it works. And as long as they can do that, they're going to do it. At some point, the house of cards will collapse. When that happens, I don't know. It could be you know next year. It could be 20 years down the road. But the important thing is this can't go on forever. It's impossible. And it won't. Well, we'll talk about the Fed here in a second, but let's let's circle back to, of course, there's a Democratic administration in office, but that's okay, ladies and gentlemen, because the midterms, as they traditionally always are, they're good for the other team. The Republicans are back in charge, Mike Meharry, and, and those small government conservatives are going to come in, and we're going to tighten our belt and make the tough choices, and we're going to cut spending. Did they manage to pull it off with this uh, debt ceiling consolidation? No. Uh, we live in this weird upside down world where spending cuts mean spending goes up. And if you look into the details of the plan and you're a master of spin, I'm sure that there are things in there that they actually cut. 
I don't know what those things are. I, you know, I haven't dug into the details, but I do know this. I know for a fact that spending is on pace to be pretty much the same in uh, the next fiscal year as it was this fiscal year. And remember where we are. We're running a trillion dollar plus deficit already, and we still have, what, four or five months left in this fiscal year. So we're going to do that again. And then the following year, overall spending is going to go up. I mean, they didn't touch Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, these big spending items that really take up the bulk of the, the government spending. Uh, defense spending next year is going to go up. So it's all smoke and mirrors. At the end of the day, I hate that term, but I used it anyway. But when you get to the when you when you boil it all down, when you look at the total spending next year, it's going to be higher than it was this year. And two years from now, it's going to be higher even still. And that is even assuming that they actually stick to this plan, because I guarantee you the moment there's another crisis, they're going to figure out ways to spend more money. You know, uh, uh, if uh, what's his head over there in Ukraine needs more money, they're going to they're going to send him more money. So they're going to spend more than what they're even budgeting in all likelihood. So it's just all BS. You know, now, if, if, if they came out of this and told me, you know what, next year spending is going to be $100 billion less overall than it was last year, I would be almost a little bit impressed. But that's not what's happening here. Spending is going to go up overall in the next couple of years, and as we've already discussed, we're already in an unsustainable level. In a world where interest rates are going up, which means the uh, interest on this debt is going up as well. So that's a huge problem. I mean, it's costing more and more money to borrow more and more money, and uh, this is going to compound. I've seen estimates that say within the next few years, just paying the interest on the national debt could become the third largest budget item in the entire U.S. budget. And it's again, it's something they can't control. They can't cut that. They have to pay that interest. So, you know, the bottom line is for people out there listening and your, your mind glazes over with all of this economic and numbers and stuff, the bottom line is you're getting hosed because your government is borrowing money in your name that they can never pay back. So you're going to have to pay it back basically through the inflation tax. That's how all of this works. If you wonder why you're going to the grocery store this week and it's costing you more than it did two months ago, it's because the U.S. government keeps spending money. It keeps printing money out of thin air to monetize all of this debt, to support all of this spending. We could get into the technicals of that, but who wants to? All that matters to you is you're paying for it through the inflation tax. They're not raising taxes in real life because they don't want to do that because you'll get angry. But they can raise this inflation tax month after month, and you don't get angry at that because you're just going to blame Putin or greedy corporations or Donald Trump or Biden or whatever. So that's where we are, and until somebody has the courage and has the willingness to get this under control, and hint, hint, they never will. Eventually, it's just going to collapse. Uh, you're just going to keep paying for it every time you go to the gas station and the grocery store. That's the sad reality that we're living in, so – um, you know, I don't know what the solution of it is other than to try to shield yourself from the dollar as much as possible. Well, I, I mean, that's something that that's really tough to me that I keep on coming back around to, because as you, you know, the, the kind phrase I use to describe all economists, I'm going to say I'm going to save the audience from that from right now. <laughs> uh, but the thing is, is that 
you know, it, it again, it's like maybe this is a rosy colored glasses thing, but, you know, you, you used to t- talk to people and you could say, well, you know, it's this is the 2000s and, and things cost more than they did in the 90s or the 80s or the 70s. And that's just that's just life. That's just how it is. How it that's is. inflation. But we're not we're not talking about noticing prices being higher today than they were in 2001 prices are higher today than they were in February. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and so people, I think, I think where, whereas a lot of your, your typical, just salt of the earth, man on the street type folks don't really understand a lot of what's going on in, in, in economic news and, and with the federal reserve, they do notice that, or, or especially they notice it when we're kind of in this accelerationist, sort of situation where right. it's just exponentially growing and getting faster and getting worse and getting worse more quickly. I think that that's really the key of what I'm getting at. Um, and, and so I, I want to switch gears here because you, you had brought up the fed a couple of times already. And I know that there's an FOMC meeting this, this very week. So I want you to take a minute to tell everybody because they, they have these all the time. Why, what that is, what actually is going on right now and why it is that all the markets seem to just be poised with bated breath to either, to either leap or crash based on what a handful of people say this very day. Right. Well, there's kind of two parts of it. So there's there's what the FOMC, and I'm just going to say the Fed because the FOMC is kind of a a, a, a committee of the Federal Reserve. It's a certain number of the Federal Reserve Bank presidents. And what they do, in effect, is they set monetary policy. So they set interest rates. And when I say that, it's basically the interest rates that banks charge to each other. So in one sense, it doesn't really impact you at all, except that it does because based on how those rates are set, then that impacts how all interest rates are set. Credit card interest rates, bank interest rates, mortgage interest rates, all of those things are influenced by the actions of the Federal Reserve. And so what happened is after the 2008 financial crisis, the the Fed took interest rates all the way to zero. And this is stimulative in the economy. So Everybody thinks that's good because it stimulates people to borrow. You can borrow cheap money. It, it, you know, people can invest. Everybody gets all excited. Except the problem is, is it is inflationary, and eventually the inflation catches up with you. And then after the 2008 financial crisis, uh, we had the pandemic. So they've they've inserted all of this credit, all of this easy money into the system. And what we've ended up with is a lot of debt and a lot of bubbles that depend on low interest rates. Our economy, the easiest way to think of it is the economy is like a heroin addict. It's addicted to heroin, and the heroin is the easy money. It's artificially low interest rates, and this thing called quantitative easing, uh, which is just a fancy way for saying the Fed is buying bonds on the open market with money created out of thin air and then injecting that money into the economy. So this is all inflationary. And so the 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 economy depends on this. It's addicted to easy money, just like a heroin addict's addicted to heroin. So what's going on now is we get this inflation. We get these increasing prices. Government goes, oh, no, we've done too much. People are getting upset because prices are going up. We've got to get prices under control. So what they do is they start raising those interest rates off of those artificially low levels. We've been seeing that for over a year now. We went from zero to where we're now over 5%, which is the highest since before the 2008 financial crisis. 
We all know what happened when interest rates got that high last time. The bubble burst. We had a huge crash in the Great Recession. We're in the same situation now, except there's even more debt and even more malinvestment, more bubbles in the economy to pop. So going back to my analogy, the Fed has been taking the heroin away from the heroin addict, the easy money out of the economy, and the economy is going through withdrawal. The heroin addict wants his heroin. So what happens when you go through withdrawal? You get sick. So the only way to fix it is to either let the whole economy crash, let it completely go through withdrawals, cleanse everything out, which is what they need to do. But it's going to be a massive recession, probably a depression, and nobody wants to do that. So what will eventually happen, in my opinion, is the Fed is going to go back to giving heroin to the heroin addict again until the heroin addict overdoses completely. So that's kind of where we are. The Federal Reserve is the pusher. The economy is the addicted uh, heroin. So we just had another FLMC meeting. They tinker around with interest rates, uh, and, and then everybody gets all excited because what are they going to do next? And the, the thing that is frustrating about it is everybody thinks that we've got these wise, brilliant economists that are over at the Fed, and, and they're, they're, they're doing their best, and they're very smart, and they're doing it right to balance inflation and keep recessions at bay, and they're doing all this stuff. Here's the ugly truth. They have no idea what they're doing. They are basically throwing crap at the wall and seeing what sticks. So they kept interest rates artificially low as long as they could. We got all this inflation in the economy, and then they thought, oh, no, too much inflation. So they started raising interest rates a little bit. Well, first they tried to tell us that inflation was transitory. That was fun, uh, and denied that there was a problem. And then when they couldn't deny it anymore, then they went to raising interest rates, and now we're on the verge of a recession. I think we're on the verge of a massive recession, and when they do, they're going to panic again, and they're going to go back to the artificially low interest rates and the money printing because that's what they do. But there's really no rhyme or reason to it. They don't even understand the cycle that they've created themselves. And everybody out there in the mainstream just acts like, oh, the Fed's got this under control. They're going to raise interest rates and slay inflation. I don't think they're going to. I think inflation is not going to be slayed. We're going to still have inflation, and we're going to have a recession. And then the Fed is going to go back to printing money. And we're going to have even more inflation. So it's really a pretty ugly scenario. Um, so you know, it's central planning. Is all it is. They're centrally planning your money. Central planning doesn't work anywhere. They tried to central plan healthcare, that didn't work. They tried to centrally plan a pandemic, that didn't work. Whatever they put their hands on, they they screw it up. So we shouldn't trust these people with anything. You know, these are the same people that back in 2006, 2007, when the subprime mortgage market started to melt down because they were raising interest rates, they said, "Oh no, no problem. It's contained. It's just in the subprime. It's just like today they're saying the banking system is sound after three banks collapse, right? They don't know what they're doing. That's what should really concern us. So the question a lot of people probably have is, what do I do about it? Just recognize that you're going to live in an inflationary environment and do what you can to shelter yourself from that as much as you can. What can you do? Shop the buy one, get one free sales and get the free thing. Stock up on things because they're going to be more expensive later than they are now. If you can buy two cans of soup, buy two cans. Put one aside. Two rolls of – not rolls. Two packs of toilet paper. Buy two. Put one aside because anything you buy now is basically an investment because it's going to be more expensive later. So you're, you're in effect saving more money by buying now 
than you would in the future. That's kind of how you can approach this as just your average person who maybe you know can't afford to go out and play the markets or invest in gold or anything like that. That's something you can do. You can stock up on commodities that you're going to need that you know are going to be more expensive in three months than they are today. Well, Mike, you actually took my next question out of my mouth is that I, I know that there's a lot of people out there that kind of have the attitude of I don't really understand anything that's going on up there. But the one thing I, I did, they don't understand. <laughs> but but the one thing I did hear was and there's nothing I can do about it. And that scares yeah. people because I think I think there's, you know, Joe, nobody in flyover country just knows that he's going broke and things are getting worse. And that's a pretty that's a pretty bad combination. Yeah. Uh, and, and then they're told, well, yeah, and, but and then there's not really anything I can do to affect change. These these decisions are going to be made um, probably for the for the poorer. Um, and then you're just left to kind of clean up the mess. I think that that's the American public at large is probably used to that at this point, right? Is that bad policy is going to be made, and then you're just going to have to generate enough GDP to get to get it out of it. I mean, there's just right. there's just no other option. So I, I I feel for people that they on, they only understand enough about economics to understand that they're screwed, yeah. and. Yeah. So let me let me kind of wrap up this discussion with a little bit of optimism, in my opinion. I mean, I do think that we are heading toward a a fundamental collapse of the economic order as it stands. I think that the dollar being the reserve currency, that's not going to last. I think that ultimately the empire that is the United States – and make no mistake, this is an empire. This is no different than Rome, more, no different than England in the, uh, you know, the 18th century. All empires collapse. I think that's inevitable, and I think we're in the death throes now, and I think we're going to see a lot of economic pain. So that's the bad news. The good news is the United States is a very large country with a lot of natural resources and a lot of industrious people, and I think that the U.S. can pull itself out of what is coming and be the better for it in the long run. Not to say that there's not going to be pain, but I don't think that it's going to be you know like forever – we're we're going to be on this you know forever Somalia or something like that. I see the United States reverting to a role somewhat akin to what England is today, still a prosperous nation, but not the world empire. And I think, in many ways, in my opinion, we'd be better off not being the world empire. But the good news is that that despite the fact that these these central planners have created this this chaos out of money where the monetary system is essentially a house of cards, a Ponzi scheme that's destined to collapse. The good news is there's still real resources, real people who can do real productive things, and that's really what the economy is. We've got it all wrapped up in this, this kind of fiat fake money system, and we're better off if we go back to a real economy that is focused on producing stuff, and I think that is quite possibly what we could see coming down the road. So there is a possibility for, I think, coming through this situation better than we were before if we learn the lessons and don't let these sociopaths have control of everything again. That's the key, if you ask me. Well, I did ask you. You did, and that's what I answered. All right. Well, Mike, <laughs> hold on. We're, we're going to be right back. Uh, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break, and we're going to be back with more of Mike Meharry of the Tenth Amendment Center and Shift Gold. Right after this break, stick around.
It's Too Late with Alan Mosley is proudly supported by Fox & Sons Coffee. Fans of It's Too Late use code ITL and receive 18% off orders of $25 or more. Shipping's always free on orders over $37.99, so get yours today at their website, which is www.foxandsons.com. It's www.foxandsons.com. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are joined tonight by my good friend who just here a couple of weeks ago, just here a couple of weeks ago, visiting us for the fifth annual It's Too Late Live event, Mike Meharry. Uh, Mike, in years past, we've always done a live show in in along with having the live event and had the live audience and all that good stuff. This year, we didn't do all that. We didn't really have the space and the time to get it get it set up. Uh, and, and I regret that a little bit because you have always been the live guest at the live performance of the show every single year. So first of all, what's wrong with you? I don't know. I tell you what, I sure did enjoy eating biscuits with stuff yeah. on them. Though. That was fantastic. Hey, before we get any farther, can I pitch your sponsor a little bit? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Fox and Sons Coffee. So I don't drink coffee. So I can't personally attest for it, but my wife, the lovely and gracious Cynthia sadler Meharry, incidentally... Today is our wedding anniversary. Oh. Anyway, she's a big coffee aficionado, and she tells me that Fox & Sons is the best dark roast coffee that she has ever had. So there you go. If you're a coffee drinker, you need to get some of this coffee and use the promo code. So. Yeah, absolutely. Use promo code ITL at checkout for orders twenty four ninety nine or greater. I mean, think of the money that people spend at Starbucks all the time, right? right? Yeah, unbelievable. And and that's only going up from all the shit I heard in the last segment. <laughs> exactly. So, <laughs> and as to what's wrong with me, that's whew, That's a whole nother show. Mm. All right. Well, we're we're not going to go there, but there is one thing I wanted to talk about. So, you and I had discussed a just just kind of a broad topic um that we would have done if we had done uh a a live chat uh a couple of weeks ago for the audience. And, uh, and, and we only have like three minutes, but frankly, I think three minutes is probably about all it's going to take to discuss it. It's because three minutes is about all the entertainment that those folks who paid to show up were going to get. So that's why we just didn't do it at all. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you had made a post on social media in between all of your incoherent economic jargon that, <laughs> that for whatever reason, I don't know why, but it, it stuck with me. And, and all you had said was, I don't know if I can stop the destroyers. But I can be a builder. Mike, what does that mean? Yeah, you know, that came out of a lot of frustration due to what I do for a living. So what we talked about in the last segment, this is pretty much what's running in my head every day. And you can imagine that gets pretty depressing sometimes. Doom and gloom, you know. Um, if it's not that, it's the Constitution, which is just as doomy and gloomy at this point. Uh, in our history. And I started to think, you know, I, I feel like in some ways we're, we're, we're in a losing battle. And I often feel like what I'm doing is really more trying to create a foundation to rebuild when the whole thing falls apart. But that doesn't mean I just have to live in despair. So you've got all these destroyers out there. You've got the sociopaths, the politicians. Oh, I repeat myself. Um, and, and just 
just wait, wait, ugly. wait, hold on. Oh, never mind. I, I was gonna hit you with one of these. <laughs> All right. Okay. Go ahead. Uh, anyway. There, there's all of this stuff trying to destroy our society, our economy, our families. I mean, we can, we, you know, we can just, we can go into all of that stuff. And I don't know that I can control that. I don't know that I can change that. But I can be a builder in my own circles and in my own life. I can make things better for my family, and I can make things better for the people around me by basically just living like a decent human being, right? Trying to reach out and, and help others, trying to reach out and, and be part of my community and, and, and build good things. And, and even in my own life, you know, the other day on, on Facebook, I posted uh, just a short video of me playing saxophone. To me, that's being a builder because that's something that people can enjoy and they can watch it. And then come away with it, from it and think, well, hopefully they'll think, oh, that was pretty cool. I, I like that. Made me feel good. Or else uh, that was horrible squawking on the saxophone and that was awful. And that might be the case too. But, you know, you get the idea. We can create good things. We can laugh. We can tell jokes. Uh, we can entertain each other. We can, again, reach out and help those around us. There are things that we can do to make the world a better place, no matter what the sociopaths in Washington, D.C. are doing. And that's kind of what I was getting at at that post. I want to focus more of my life on trying to be a builder and injecting some good and some brightness and some light into the world, um, no matter what all of these uh, all of these wreckers out there are trying to do and, and maybe if enough of us inject a little good into the world it'll counteract some of the garbage that that we're getting from the from the sociopaths and jerks that are out there that's that's really all i was getting at you know just trying to live a better life and, and be intentional about trying to do trying to do good and and create beauty in this world as it exists wow well, there you go. I, well, I tell you why why it kind of stuck with me because the the live event was was upcoming. And of course, it's it's a couple of weeks in the review now, but mm -hmm. that that's why we have those. That's why yeah. I do them. I, yeah. you know, we I know people. I because I'm look I'm 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 not really a, a a religious person, but I know that people know what the the remnant is. Mm -hmm. And that was a phrase that became popularized as well when during the Ron Paul presidential runs, as he talked right. about seeking the remnant. And I, and I'll tell you, I'll, I'll I'll leave you with two thoughts, and then I'll and then I'll let you I'll let you wrap things up because I, I think I'm just done with all this. Is <laughs> is I I I've I've come to, I've come to the belief that spreading the message isn't doesn't work. That's no good. But I think living by example is way more powerful than spreading a message. Yeah. Uh, and, and the second thing is, is I think that um, it's, it's wonderful to see all of our friends and, and loved ones at, at our live shows that we do. And it's, 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 it's such a joy. I, I call it our family reunion now. We have our little annual family reunion. Um, and, and it's so much fun and, and it's so much, so much joy to get to see everybody. But I think now, kind of looking at it in hindsight, it's that it, it may be true that us having some some shared opinions and beliefs and principles on some of the matters that 
frustrate you, <laughs> that make you depressed. It might it might have been those things that helped us find one another, but the building really started after we after that. The building started once we wound up in the same room together. It didn't mm-hmm. start with the message. The the message. I, I'm so over the message. You know, <laughs> like I at this point, it's like okay, great, we found our community. Now let's begin. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's a good way I'm of at. putting it. I like that. And, you know, it is. It's about relationships, right, and community. And really, no matter what happens, that's really what we need. And I think one of the biggest problems that we face as a society is the fact that we're now viewing society as, as it's too big. You know, everybody's on face, social media now, and we're worried about things that are happening thousands of miles away from us. We have no control over us and really have no impact on our lives whatsoever. I read something not too long ago that if you look at human evolution, people were created to have communities of about 300 people. That's that's about the max that you can have in a, in a community that's close-knit. You can't have a community of, of 30 million people. That's not a thing. So – I think these communities are extremely important. They're going to be important to support one another in, in the event of catastrophe, but they're just important in human flourishing, right? I came to Tennessee, only got to spend basically a, a two days, but I got to hang out with, with some of my best friends. We got to joke around. We got to eat good food. We got to quote-unquote fellowship, and I got on the plane to go home. I felt better. I felt better about my own life. I felt better about everything because I know that I've got these relationships and these people that love me and care about me and and that I have this this intimacy with. And I think that's important. That's what life's about. Life's not about what some dude you've never met on social media said. Life is about your friends and your family. And we've been able to build that community and it's you know it's true it was kind of centered around the message but it goes much deeper than that you know we didn't talk about politics all that much during the event we mostly talked about what was going on in our lives and and you know about how good the food was and and how awesome it is to have a, a banana pudding ice cream you know that's what i true. mean by building good things yeah i mean right so yeah i i want to live more like that because i have gotten caught up myself and just getting too wrapped up in politics and I've said all along politics is poison and yet here I am you know drinking from the poison bottle and I need to pull away from that and I want to do things that are more um, productive and more uh, in, uh, conducive to human flourishing in, in my own life and the life of my family and I appreciate the fact that you gave us an opportunity to bring people from all over the country together to do that uh, if only for one weekend so well, on that note, Mike, where can people go to support you and listen to more Doom and Gloom? <laughs> so you can get your full dose of Doom and Gloom over at shiftgold.com. And uh, if you go slash news on the end of that, you'll see most of the stuff that I'm writing. Um, and I also do a podcast through Shift Gold. It's called the Friday Gold Wrap. Uh, you'll find it there on the website every Friday. Uh, you can also just subscribe to it on uh, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Stitcher, all that stuff. And if you go to shiftgold.com uh, and, and go to one of the show pages, you can find links to all of that stuff. And it's not all doom and gloom because part of what we do at Shift Gold is we try to tell you how you can take steps to shield yourself 
uh, as much as possible from what's coming down the pike. So it's not all awful. And then, of course, you can also go to 10th Amendment Center, 10thamendmentcenter.com, all spelled out, and uh, get your daily dose of nullification. Uh, over there, we talk about how to resist these, uh, these sociopaths instead of just submitting to them. Uh, so, again, some practical, actionable things that you can do. Uh, you'll find that at 10thamendmentcenter.com. So go to those two places, and uh, yeah, that's it. All right. Well, Mike, thank you so much for being back on the show, buddy. Thanks for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Guys, we're going to be back to wrap up right after this commercial break. Don't go away. If you're enjoying tonight's show, consider supporting the program by becoming a member of our Patreon. That's over at patreon.com slash Alan Mosley. Like our Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash Alan Mosley TV. You can follow me on Twitter. Twitter.com at Alan Mosley TV. Subscribe to our YouTube page. It's youtube.com slash TV. But if you're more of a listener than a watcher, you can get us on Apple, Google, Spotify, and more thanks to Spotify Podcasts. Just search It's Too Late with Alan Mosley or Alan Mosley TV. Uh, Dave might want to extend that one out yeah. a little bit. We'll, we'll yeah. adjust that a little bit. <laughs> yeah. That's all, no, it's it's all right. This is, you're New learning. Yeah. yeah. New, but I'm learning. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to get a name tag. You should. Well, Jeff Peterson, the robot, he had he had the, the yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll find one. All right, uh, Dave, do you have a final thought? I freaking love Mike Mahari. I'm so I'm, I'm always so happy every time you love him so much that you don't know his real name. It's Mike Mahari. I said it, Mike Mahari. You said Mahari. It's same thing. Mm-hmm. I have I have a good friend that I work with. He's my workout buddy for a while there, and. I realized that I had been saying his last name wrong for like three years. And I'm like, is your name pronounced like this? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, why didn't you tell me? And he didn't, he didn't explain. Yeah. He just assumed you didn't respect him. That's what, <laughs> yeah. Oh no. That's what that means. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, that's another relationship down the tubes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, guys. Thank you so much for watching another episode of It's Too Late, and we will see you next week. Uh, after party? Yeah, yeah, we got to answer those questions. Yeah, we got to answer the questions. We got to look ahead oh. to next week. I've got to talk about Tennessee hot sauce. We have to look um, ahead to next year. Oh, God. Let's take yeah. it one day at a time. <laughs> no. <laughs> Where do you um, see yourself in five years? <laughs> well, I've always <laughs> said I'm not going to make it to 40. I've only got like two years and a few months left. Oh. So yeah, make two it, years and three months, pretty much, is where I'm at. Make it weird. Yeah. 